2: Furlong Podcast is brought to you in association with AtTheRaces.com, the ultimate resource for racing fans.
1: Thanks for downloading the show and the gang's all here. I'm Emish Kennedy, alongside At The Race's pundit and tipster, Mr. Kevin Blake. Hello. We're also joined by Betfair's Tony Keenan.
3: Hello, everyone.
1: And it's the return of the host of the Bloodstock show, At The Race's Vanessa Ryle.
2: Hello. I'm back.
1: You're here back. I am. There's Pleasant been a lot. Correct. There has been a lot of talk speculation on the tweet machine. Where's Vanessa Ryle? Why is she not on the show? What's going on? Is she suspended? And then the second we announce you're back, it's like, oh, will she have recovered from box rest? Will she improve for the run? <laughs> like, God, all the jokes that came out. It's like but you're I back know. Vanessa that's the important thing double Taurus. I'm here
2: I've just been on a little like flat racing sabbatical that's all I just <laughs> have to take a back seat there for a moment but I'm back ready yeah. for action
1: you do no host the Bloodstock show which is primarily about flat racing though so obviously you love the game
2: hush now really <laughs> all
1: right let's talk about the Irish Derby first of all shall we at the Currah, Uh with a Crowd of, what was it, 5,700 there? I'm sure Tony will have some views on that later on. Um, Capri, tipped up by Mr. Kevin Blake, as part of a 100-to-1 double on the At The Races website, if you don't mind. Reversed form from Epsom and uh, managed to claim this. It was, though, uh, somewhat tainted afterwards because we did get to find out that Wings of Eagles picked up an injury in the race. We had the bizarre scenario of Aidan O'Brien showing an x-ray to everybody uh, just to, I mean, I don't think anybody was actually thinking this is not genuine, but anyway, he did, and um, that's probably a good thing that he's prepared to go into that level of detail. Uh, But before we talk about the tenacity of Wings of Eagles, uh, let's first of all talk about the performance of Capri. A tactical masterclass is what you have described in your blog, the Ballydoyle Tactics, and it was certainly a masterclass from Shemi Heffernan, Kevin Blake. Um, I think it was. A masterclass from the whole whole lot of the Ballydoyle runners, I thought. And I...
0: I've never been as removed from a big race in a long time, I'd say, because like I said last week, I wasn't at the race. I didn't watch it live. I didn't get to see it in full until this morning. Um, so I came at it kind of, which is almost a nice way to come at analysing a race because you're not caught up in any of the emotion. and You're not reading other people's opinions on Twitter in the,
1: in the immediate
0: post-race
1: atmosphere. And you can watch the racing all live on At The Races. <laughs> But you, you know what I mean. I watched, I had it have the races recorded.
0: <laughs> uh, and the more I looked at it, I just. We, we talked about after the, after the 2000 guineas that, you know, a lot of people were saying, oh, this is genius from Bally Doyle. You know, they've, they've set this race up for Churchill, choreographed it, and, and it's worked out brilliantly. I thought that was a load of rubbish at the time. I still do. Yeah, I don't I think they, they could have possibly yeah. done that given where those horses were drawn. But this now. And I don't know. I'm just speculating. I could be totally wrong, but I suspect they sat down before this race and had a good think about how how what how this was likely to pan out, what they were all going to do to best maximise their own chances uh, and perhaps inconvenience their main rivals. And it's ju- it was just an absolute masterclass from literally the start. At every stage of the race, they were doing the right thing uh, because as we fe- we fell into the trap as well when we briefly spoke about the race. Wings of Eagles had been shown to really good effect, had shown great improvement in a strongly run race at Epsom. So we all thought, right, they're, go- they're surely going to replicate Epsom and make it a really strongly run race in the hope of getting Wings of Eagles to do the same thing again. And they put in three, pa- three horses that have made the running before. You know, you obviously big red flags, potential pacemakers. And they've got two big rivals in there, Cracksman and, and Waldgeist. And they've obviously set the trap. For everyone to think they're going to set a really strong pace, mm. and they haven't. They've jumped out. The anvil has been gunned up. Douglas MacArthur has gone forward. It looks like they're going to set a right gallop, but they haven't. The sectional times show you that they haven't. Capri has sat much closer than he did at Epsom. Wings of Eagles has sat much closer than he did at Epsom. Meanwhile, Craps, crack, Cracksman, and Volgeist expecting. That's a really strong pace. Some Have, would
1: argue that your first impression of that name was actually, first interpretation of that name was actually the right one. But anyway, stop. go on. Have, they've dropped
0: in. And, yeah. you know, whatever about Volgeist, all guys, I think they, they set out immediately to drop in. They obviously had their mind made up before. In defence of Pat Smullen, he hung around there out the outside as late as he dared to try and assess what was happening in front of him. He was, I don't think he went out with a plan. His plan was to jump and wait and see if they try, if they, if they set out to make it a really strong race, strong pace before he made his decision. But the thing about the derby course at the Curra is you start to turn quite quickly, like less than two furlongs in, and he stayed out there for as long as he could. And he would have seen the anvil shooting forward. He would have seen Douglas MacArthur shooting forward. And he has a split second to make a decision. And he obviously said, right, they're going to go quick. So he took a little pull and dropped in rather than pushing forward and risk getting caught wide and being too close to a strong pace. And... As it's turned out, they've steadied it down after that point. Capri is in the perfect position. The perfect position and Wings of Eagles has followed him. Uh, Capri has shown a fine attitude to pressure. He's left the run at Epsom, which was a good run considering Like he, was, he wasn't he was ridden very aggressively. He didn't make, really
1: have use made of his stamina. Would have lost ground going wide he at the bend as well. He was very
0: wide. yeah. And Shamey made his move quite early and I don't think he handled the track that, that well at all. Really, he looked very unbalanced and... He was only beating three and street water lengths. So this is this is Capri that we saw at the Curra, and he showed a fine attitude and he held on. Cracksman for me is the best horse in the race. Um, if if you know, it, Pat, I'm not blaming Pat. I can ex- see exactly why he did what he did, but he was just undone by by t- a tactically brilliant race. And I haven't even mentioned the fact that when they turned into the straight, the five Ballydoll runners ended up five five abreast. So Cracksman and Volgeist had to go six and seven wide to get clear running. Yeah, you know, again costing them ground. And he's only beaten a neck. Um, tricky horse to work out, Cracksman, because after Epsom I was really puzzled by that. He he was very, he looked flat to me. He was off the bridle very early on. Travelled better this time, but still not as smoothly he as you would like. Had
1: to be coaxed along though. Yeah,
0: which isn't what you'd expect. Look, it could be immaturity. Uh, it could be the fact that he wants to go further. Maybe he just gets a bit ugly in the middle of his races. Maybe he needs cheek pieces. That's the way. That's sort of the way I'm leading, to be honest. Um, but he's the nicest horse going forward of this bunch. Unfortunately, we're not going to see Wings of Eagles again. That was that was disappointing. He's he's shown that he wasn't flattered at Epsom. He's run a super race.
1: Well, it was a disappointing weekend for Ballyswell, and we'll talk more about that a little bit later on. But sum this up for us: if he got injured in the race, then he's run a stormer.
0: Yeah, well, he hasn't visibly gone lame. You know, he could have done it pulling up but um, he, he, you know, horses are fairly remarkable like they can run through a lot but it certainly wasn't the help to him no matter no. where it happened and I'll give a quick mention to Volgeist as well who ran a super race I thought he came he came from further back than anything mm. in a race where it paid to be prominent and he met with two little bits of interference one about two furlongs out and one uh, he got tightened up by cracksman close home as well so I wouldn't give up on him either um, so just a really really fascinating race I thought great tough performance by the winner but the two best horses in the race perhaps finished a little bit behind him on the day. All right. What do you think of Capri going forward? Yeah, ledger. I don't think you need soft ground at all. I think good ground is just fine for him. He just wouldn't want it rattling fast. You'd imagine he'll stay the a ledger trip. It makes perfect sense for him to, to run in that race. Where do they want to go the traditional route of running in the Voltager or maybe go straight there? It's been busy enough. Like he ran, in a, he ran in a couple of trials then he went Alex, to Epsom.
1: Sachs, Epsom, Irish Derby.
0: Yeah, it's he's had a busy enough time of it. Uh, so we'll see I, I really like the horse look he tries hard he stays well um, and he, he looks a ledger type of horse um, is he the best three year old around over middle distances
1: probably not but he's not that far off him. all right so Capri's going to have the St. Ledger on his agenda next Kevin thinks the Cracksman was the best horse in the race Tony your interpretation your analysis of the Irish Derby
3: would agree with an awful lot of Kevin saying um, Cracksman was much the best to me I had a good look at the sectionals here in the times um, there today. I was actually surprised that he showed as much speed to quicken up into the race in a race that really emphasised um, speed rather than stamina. Given a well-run race in Epsom, he, he'd been on and off the bridle from about after about four or five for them. So that was a different side of cracksman. So I've been trying to be more positive on him. Um, after Saturday, then then um, I would have been gone into it I, I, I was against him because I just hadn't liked the way he'd gone through the race in Epsom mm. so I'd say I thought he was much the best horse Capri's the third best horse in this race and he will be very well placed I think to win another Group 1 possibly a ledger but a ledger uh, doesn't really take an awful lot of winning, really. You see some of the yokes that have winning it in recent years, the, the Harbour Laws and the, the, the this type of horse. Welcome, you know. welcome back, back to uni. the show, Tony. Welcome
1: back to the show. Taken taking a, shots. That's the oldest British classic, sir. Thirty seconds in, and he's already taking shots. He's taking shots at the Saint Ledger. He's taking shots at Caffrey. <laughs> I do sort of. I
3: thought if there was a Ledger horse running over the weekend, it was actually Joseph O'Brien's horse. Oh. They? Um, yeah he won well pretty good we may come back to him in a bit yeah um, so uh, Cracksman interesting to see that um, they were talking about giving him a break after this race uh, connections were saying they might sort of leave him off and, and they were certainly saying they are inclined to keep him at training at 4 I just would wonder where, where they would go with him um, next I see he's around the same price as Capri for the, for the St. Ledger um, sort of 5 to 1 each or 2 but I wonder, might they be inclined to keep with him around 10 and 12? Because mm. I think he showed a few gears now on Saturday. Now, the water of the farm, I think they're all pretty okay. And the Epsom farm is after, you know, working out in fits and starts and bits and pieces. But I wouldn't be in love with any of them. It'd been real top-notch, 10-4 on mile and a half hours. Like, like, you would have to think something like Island Reid would eat any of these for breakfast. Mm. Um, little problem to him. Now... Kevin was talking there about, about the race and, and the tactics and all, and all that kind of stuff like it very much was, it was a choreographed race I think Aidan was interviewed after and he spoke about how he, he, he saw the race unfolding beforehand and um, it did sort of unfold that way Ryan was going to sit here Shame he was going to sit there um, I'm actually finding all this stuff uh, uh, about the, the choreograph and the race is totally disingenuous Um <sighs> We've had a lot of stuff over the weekend um, from every Coolmore affiliate under the sun about how fair races at the Curra are, and um, Ballydoyle have set up at the weekend to choreograph a race that is essentially unfair on horses like Cracksman and Val Now, maybe that's economies of scale, you can afford to be running five horses and five quality horses and you can do all that, but... um, I'm finding this PR now around some of the stuff that they're talking about the Corrub and the fairest track in the world totally um, totally people are talking out of both sides of i mouth here they think people just believe anything no one was questioning how fair or unfair the, the, the Corrub is as a racetrack going into the weekend everyone believes that it, it's a pretty fair racetrack one of the fairest around but it, it, it doesn't and I know I'm going to have tangent attention everyone's sick of hearing me giving out about the Corrub but I've come back to the thing. there's no issue with the racetrack it's the issue with what's going on going on around it. and um, As I, I put out a tweet last night, I, I want to see these people who aren't affiliated with Coolmore coming in and saying they're actually supporting the Corra racing on. I haven't seen any of them. I've heard Joseph O'Brien. I've heard Jamie Heffernan. I've heard Andre Favre and John Gosling, both of whom are, are, are training for, for Coolmore over the time. I've heard John Magner. Um, yes, lads, we know you wanted to race it there but again I can't, I can't. the most eloquent expression of all this is in Brian O'Connor's blog today on irishracing.com and I advise anyone to go and read it um, I think it's a magnificent expression just of where the, the ordinary race goer sits in the pecking order of Irish racing and how sort of the funding we're hearing all that the funding has come from these seven people um, all, along with the, 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 the new Coral Board and all this sort of stuff but there's also a hell of a lot of funding coming from the taxpayer and the taxpayer is made up of ordinary race goers and they are totally been forgotten so i'm sorry for going off on a tangent there but when i hear about this stuff about the fairness of the corner and the fairness of the race and then i hear this other disingenuous stuff it just annoys me
0: did you did you go on sundown Tony?
3: Well, I, was, I actually did, Kevin. Would you believe that now? I, I, I said I was, I was actually doing something else, and at the last minute someone said, I had a ticket, I gave it away, and the person who gave it away couldn't go, and I said, you know what, I will go down. And um, it was a totally, um, what we say, underwhelming experience, to be quite honest with you. Um, the thing is totally compact. I didn't feel there was any atmosphere there. Um, I know what they had, 5,400 at it, something like that. Um the whole setup of the place is not conducive for watching a race, and you can get no elevation on the on the thing at all. Um, and I just thought the whole thing was the whole thing was pretty flat. Um, I've been there for now. I think I was there. I've been there for the three or four meetings this year, and yeah, I go because I, I sort of like watching live race and I like getting out of The house for the day, things like that. But yeah, I, I, the experience now was yeah it was pretty tepid now to be quite honest.
1: Noel Mead has been advocating that the. They make a decision that they would like to. He would very much like to see them change their minds and and reroute the Irish St. Ledger. And he says it's it's not like the Irish St. Ledger hasn't been run elsewhere in the past. Well,
3: this isn't this is another thing that, uh, the, the the line about heritage is another thing that annoys me. Um, right, heritage. Irish Champions Weekend is no heritage. Basically, it's it's two or three years old. Um, you can just about get away with the argument about the core of the Irish Derby having all this heritage. I, I don't personally believe it. I think it's nonsense. But Irish Champions Weekend, you know the what is it? The, the, are we talking about the 200-year heritage of the, the Longfields handicap? But ask a listener. Now. Well, hold on. If you're going to talk about if you're going to talk <laughs> about heritage, I'll, I'll back up
1: your points. If you're going to talk about heritage, the Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe. Well, they moved oh, exactly. Royal Ascot for a year. Yeah, no problem moving Royal Ascot to York. They have no problem having uh, the Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe at Deauville. So. Shanti. Shanti, apologies, you're right. Uh, and then it'll be Longchamp Paris next season when it returns there. So it, it's not like other tracks can't move. It's just that for whatever reason, there is this obsession with racing at the current and that's it. And, and
3: I'm, all, I'm also interested to see where things are going to go next year. Um, I was just thinking about this the other day. And Kevin, you might know the answer to this. Um, you see the way those temporary stands and temporary facilities uh, are sitting there at the minute. Like, I presume next year they're going to actually be building there. So are they, where are they going to put the stands and, and the stuff next year? I don't know it, if it, they it, are. Is going to be I, I, side or
0: something? You no, know? I think, I, what... I, I suspect and I think that the building will be going on behind the temporary where the temporary facility is now. I think the last thing they're going to do is the stand, as far as I know. But I could be totally wrong on that now. That was my impression when i when i when I'm trying to remember back to hearing about the the various plans I think that's that's what the plan was that they do 'cause there's an awful lot to be done now behind the 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 barriers if you want to call it now that's there there's a, like the the new track is going to extend back and all way back further than the old track did way back on top of what used to be the stand house way back in that direction so there's an awful lot to be done in in that direction, so I suspect they leave the front of the stand. As, as, you're, as we're looking at it now to, to last but I, I wouldn't say that with certainty now because I, I can't
1: remember fully the moral of the story though is they're not going to change their minds it's still going to be the current
3: but I'm not so sure about that um, Derek McGrath was making some noises now that he hadn't been making in a while mm. in that interview that Noel Mead article he was saying well maybe there is a little bit of room and things like that uh, I wonder as surprised with the negative reaction because uh, like any trainer who's not associated with Coolmore has basically poo-pooed the whole thing um I haven't read anyone in the media who has sort of supported it um the race scores aren't going they didn't even pack the place on on, on Saturday yeah
1: um, you have a capacity of 6 uh, thousand and they couldn't even reach that yeah
3: like, like, I, I personally think this just pisses people off to be quite honest um the, and the, I think someone said there at the weekend I should have come back they'll come back when it's all done said and done and all that sort of stuff yeah, maybe they will and maybe they won't. Like it, it's it, a two-year wait. It, it's, it's been a PR di- di- disaster. And, yeah. a, and a, more importantly, a completely unnecessary PR disaster when you have a very, very easy solution up the road. And I've heard this argument that, oh, the, the mile and a half start at starts on a torn. Jesus Christ. How many runners ran it in the Epsom Derby this year? Yeah. There was up on 18 or 19 or 20 runners. A little torn at a very, uh, uh, an overall very fair track at like Leopardstown um, is, is not an issue. They're willing to run, run horses at Epsom up and down every year. And I thought this year was actually a, one of the most dramatic examples of, at Epsom. I've never seen as many horses um, not handle the track mm-hmm. in, in the couple of races. That, Kevin's case for tipping up Capri there at the weekend was, was largely around and that I would agree completely the horse absolutely hated Epsom. And there were a number of other horses. A oh, kindling um, as well. Um, there were kindling. R- 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 Joseph said that lost. again. Kevin, you, you you had that in your stable tour. I went back and I looked at it. He was 100% right. The horse hated the whole experience. Mm. Eminent is another one coming out this weekend. Um, there's a number of them. There's the horse that won at Royal Ascot. Been battled, so they got left at the start. So he hasn't loved it. Um, so don't talk to me about, about tradition. Tradition can be can be can be a, can be a bit silly as well. Um, when Epsom is is, the, is taught to be the pinnacle of of, of three year old classic horses, so I, I you know I don't believe that argument about Leopardstown, um, and we're talking about Irish Derbies. We're not talking about races that tend to attract twenty runners. I think you know the field there at the weekend, uh, whatever there was the nine or ten runners, is fairly standard. You know you're not talking about a twenty runner field where they're going to be stretched wide and. Five or six of them are going to be hung out um, to dry off the torn, to cost themselves lengths and lengths. It doesn't operate like that. We've seen that in the Irish Champion Stakes. You know, invariably the best horse wins that, and it, repeatedly it has been won. It's the best horse ra- race in Ireland every year. Um, mm. And the idea again that John Gosden or Andrew Farber wouldn't come to Leopardstown is, again, if the prize money is there and the right races there, they were come. Like John Gosden. Just a look at this. Since two thousand and three, he has had eighteen runners at the Cora and eleven at Leopardstown. The chap has not got a phobia for mm-hmm. Leopardstown. Mm-hmm. Loads of French trainers have run horses at Leopardstown. Um, Al Manzoor last year. Al Manzoor last year, of course, there's consistently been French runners in that maiden stakes, the mile race, over yeah. and over the years. French horses have won. Came, was in it last year. Um, so no, I, I don't buy this sort of stuff. This this PR thing has failed for me. Like people, you know, you can't just. Feed, treat them like mushrooms keep them in the dark and feed them whatever Like pe- people know that this is nonsense um, it's very very easy to see
1: through it Tony's obviously very passionate about this and he's talked about it on the podcast before and he's written about it indeed for that matter as well were you surprised that Noel Mead came out as strongly as he did over the weekend? No no I think you know a lot of other trainers have you know Michael O'Callaghan
0: Jerry Lyons a few others you know mm. that have, have been making negative noises I suppose if we want to call them that in opposition to the whole thing and look You know, after the guineas, in my own head, I was sort of just resigned to this reality for the next year and a half. And I was inclined to say, right, look, let's just try and make the best of it because I was under the impression that there was no comeback, that there was no possibility that the situation could change. And now Derek McGrath's making these noises that maybe they could be changed. And that makes things interesting all of a sudden. Emphasis on maybe, though. Yeah, well, if it's it's in... If there's a a chance, there's a chance. And I think if, if people... Realise that there is a chance. I think the the pressure will get even stronger. Um, like Tony says, like they didn't, it it wasn't handled great. Now in the build up to the Derby at all, mm. wasn't handled well at all. Um, and they've put themselves under an awful lot of pressure. Uh, you know, the thing about the Derby is, you know, we know what the car is like. You know, Tony goes racing at the car as much as anyone, and you know, most of the season. It's small crowds up there Bar two days of the year and the influx on Derby Day is very much a social crowd you know I I wonder how many I would hate now and you know a social crowd for me rightly or wrong I can take or leave I can take or leave that's for me that's the race courses business that's the race courses profit and loss sheet that's not the overall health of racing in my mind people will disagree Um, what I would hate to have happened leading up to the weekend is that a genuine racing fan that isn't on the inside if we want to call it, missed out on going to the car, they really wanted to go and they couldn't go because of the situation. That would be a travesty now for me because getting fellas that, that go racing 20 and 30 times a year and paid to go in the gate every time, they're the most valuable customers in the sport by a mile. Now it's
1: important to say that... And, um,
3: and Kevin, thats I, I would very much take your point about the Derby, uh, social social crowd, i.e., sort of out for the out, fine. Like, I don't have any problem with that, it's parting. But I would say the point that you're making about this column, the true race goer, the fella that's really into race and all this sort of stuff, I would imagine that would apply a lot more on um, the second day of Irish Champions Weekend. A fella Mm. wants to see really good flat horses there. He goes to Leperstown on Saturday, he's going to kick on to Sunday. Mm. Your visitors coming in from abroad. I I would say you're more likely to get a genuine race fan. Because there's not the social aspect, there's not the the best dress, there's not the height of summer, there's not uh, all the, I suppose, the... Pomp and ceremony that goes goes with an Irish derby, but that person is going to be um, shut out over Irish champions weekend again because. I don't know what they had it the, uh, I'm working off the top of my head here, but I'm pretty sure Somewhere between 11 and 13,000 at the corner for day two of Irish Champions weekend last year um, so half of those people probably actually more than half I, I, think, think, it was, I, I think it was I think it was more like 6, 9 000, but I I it could
1: be around I think it was 9 as well because we were there and I remember Tony your wife and Dee tried to go outside and came back in with their hair all over the place because the wind was so bad so yeah, I think it was more like 9 yeah but my what I what I'm sort of hoping they would have got more if the weather wasn't as bad I would imagine uh, my hope would be that, and it would You're be right, the hope that. for. Right,
3: actually, it is nine thousand. I'm just after mm. looking it up here. Yeah, it's fair, fair enough. I think it was high, I have it in my head that it was higher by. That, that
1: weather was think, terribly bad, enough. though. Like the, there was a huge, real gale force winds that day. But anyway.
0: Yeah, but my my hope would be that, and it would have been the case for this last weekend as well, and it would be it will be the case going forward for Champions Weekend is that the genuine racing fan that really wants to go, will be able to get a ticket. You know, mm-hmm. they, they should have been able to get a ticket yeah. if they bought one in in advance this weekend. It should be, hopefully, be the case again in Irish Champions Weekend because they're the guys that, that really, you know, and the, plenty of them will have memberships as well. And they're the guys that, that we really don't need to take the piss out of, basically, because they, they do not get treated nearly as well as they should do, as it is. And to if to essentially lock them out of one of the biggest days of the year now would be a real travesty here. I, like I say, I can't, I, I, I won't get upset about you know, five thousand lads going in for the for the day out, missing out. It's not ideal, don't get me wrong, but they'll be back. I, I would have no concern about them coming back when we have a nice
1: new race course there for them. And people are gonna to want to see the Curra when it is fully redeveloped. And we need the Curra needs to be redeveloped and we need it to be Irish Racing's HQ as as a it's a world class race course facility It's going, that's going to needed. be
0: fabulous lads. If you haven't got, If you haven't gone on To look at the plans Look at the plans I know it seems like A long way away now But it is going
1: to be Some race course when it's done A couple of things to say First of all Irish Champions Weekend Is still going to be brilliant And secondly As far as we know Nobody was turned away From the Curran on Saturday
0: No Yeah that's the case Yeah
1: Yeah, yeah. okay So that's, that's important So probably what happened then Is that People have looked at the fact that it's restricted to the amount of people who are there, and they weren't going to go all that way to Kildare to be told, No, sorry, you can't come in.
0: Well, it's the most off putting thing in the world. Who yeah. wants to
1: walk up to, to
0: a nightclub door thinking you're going to get turned away? You know. It's just, you know.
1: Wouldn't know. It's never happened. Right. <laughs> <laughs> to, to somebody else who's never been refused from a nightclub. Vanessa Ryle is here as well, by the way. Uh, Vanessa, wrap up our coverage of the Irish Derby, please. Um, these horses will. Well, some of them will be lucky enough to, at some point, go to Sturgeon. When they do, they may very well be joined by Vanessa Ryle. who will be interviewing them about their new life at Sturgeon. What is it like to be, to be uh, having all the top mares lining up to meet you? Uh, of all these, the
2: sex. I'll uh, talk to them about having all the sex. <laughs>
1: Oh, Jesus Is that Is that what gets mentioned In the Bloodstock show Is it So what's it like Capri uh, st- Standing proudly Instead of Coolmore um, Wings of Eagles Is a son of Poor Pormois Who was relegated To being a National Hunt stallion uh, Now that he's been injured And You know We're not sure If he picked up the injury In the race Or if it was afterwards But Do you see him As a horse That will Be retiring to Coolmore Or Coolmore National Hunt Given the fact that He's a Poor Pormois and uh, and who of these do you think has the potential to be a leading stallion afterwards, Vanessa?
2: Um, Wings of Eagles—they're in a really tricky position with him now, aren't they? Because mm. you, you know, off the back of his Derby win, you wouldn't retire him to stud. Um, winning a Derby at forty to one or whatever he was, and now you know, third in Irish Derby with an injury—they're in a very tricky position. I can't see him standing at. Uh, Coolmore is a flat stallion. Off the back of that, I don't think. Um, but I'm, I might be wrong. They might give if him a chance. If he was a
1: Galileo, he probably would. But being a poor Moi, mm, they have a lot of Galileos there now with a, no, a lot better credentials than him.
2: I don't think. I don't yeah. think. That I'd, be,
1: I just, I'd be inclined to agree with Vanessa that he's off to From as opposed to Feathers. I wouldn't, I wouldn't rule just, out that
0: he might not be there at all. He might go. Might go abroad. Whoa. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I I think they're in a tricky position now because I don't think Wings of Eagles makes it as a cut as a stallion in any of their departments. Capri will have to go on and do something else if they want to stand him as a stallion. Uh, If we're just talking about middle distance horses from this year, they haven't really got a standout, have they? And for me in the Irish derby, just what the boys were saying, Cracksman is by far the best horse. In my opinion, Cracksman's very unlucky not to have won two derbies, basically, for me, like. I think he didn't handle Epsom. He doesn't handle it. He didn't handle it when he ran there first, and then they took him back for the breakfast with the stars, and he didn't, like, he was fine, but he wasn't exactly racing. He was cantering and didn't look that comfortable on it. And then I don't think he handled it at all on the day. I just don't, I think, you know, that's three times. I don't think he handles Epsom. And then I know what Kevin was saying about Pat Smullen having to make a sort of decision there in the moment whether to hold him up or go with it. To that, Sorry, Tony. Saying. Tony
1: Keenan has decided to completely <laughs> yeah. ignore everything you're saying, Vanessa, and go off yeah. and have a nice cook for himself. And the cook that he's <laughs> doing isn't Gordon Ramsay style. It's, it's nuking something.
3: His <laughs> m- wife is after coming in here, and I've made the dinner for her, and now she's heating the blooming thing up. Um, and <laughs> this is this is the this is the mistreatment I get. Uh, I cook <laughs> thing And she doesn't even turn up on time.
1: First of all Welcome back to the show Mrs. Keenan Hope you're well We'll see you at the Currah soon if, we're, if, we're, if they still
0: want us It's all lies Tony's just doing up A pot noodle for himself I reckon that's what's going on it? Yeah.
1: Pot noodle man Unmasked
0: And he doesn't use a kettle He
1: uses a microwave
0: <laughs> Microwaving a pot noodle <laughs> Oh Jesus <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's, that's when you know you hit rock kid, bottom Definitely is Microwaving a pot, a pot noodle that time, That's the way
1: they go Oh man That's like a suicide pact <laughs> it's, like, it's just This either works Or it doesn't Let's find out Do not microwave A pot noodle um, Right uh, Vanessa Getting back to, to Summing it up You think uh, that You think that Cracksman yeah, no, is going to be I The best of these you No
2: know, if you've had if you've had a bet on uh craxman a big bet you're you off with pat aren't you let's just be <laughs> There's no getting away from that. You know, I, I think, I think he, he he didn't give it the best ride he could have given it, and it right. should have won There was the a race.
1: number of people who said uh, the bleep <laughs> machine is going to need to be used again. Now the Vanessa is back on the show. Um, oh. you, 101 landed, Lance. Yeah. Well done. No collect. Well done. Now we didn't come to Vanessa until 28 minutes into the show, so <laughs> y- you might feel like you're on a value loser there <laughs> if you back yeah. her. But it it just means that producer D has more work to do a little bit later on. Um, Do you ma- have you made a note of that oh no, yeah, yeah 20 <laughs> thanks, for the record thanks Mrs. I'm
3: sorry. <laughs> yeah um, and you're also going to have to make yeah, it sound I like we're actually in a sushi
1: restaurant as well oh, just, just just to make the rest of the podcast make sense <laughs> you're making us all
2: hungry
1: here <laughs> oh man okay
2: um so yeah I'd say you Peed off. There we go. That was a better word yeah. with Pat. But Cracksman is Cracksman's the best three-year-old colt at a middle distance at this stage. I I genuinely very much believe that on the basis of him not handling Epsom and having a crappy ride at the, cur, at the Curry. Yeah, God. and also you look at his breeding and Frankel. We don't need to go into that, but um, his dam like didn't get going until the very first of all. Actually, Cracksman is. Cracksman was the youngest in the Derby field, in the Irish Derby field by a month, except for the Anvil, who was just a pacemaker at 66 for one. And on top of that, his dam never really hit her. She didn't win her maiden until August and she didn't win a listed race until November, the three-year-old year. And I just think at the moment we're all expecting so much from Cracksman. But actually, in truth, what he's doing right now is is really good and he's been very unlucky he's he's definitely unlucky not to win a derby if not two. and I, Tony
1: me, Tony you've got I, a mute button you know
3: I, I need uh, I need to move into another room here she's boring herself here too which is even better <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know what to say speeches I'll move I'll move into another room here lads um, which I'd probably finish up
1: and been outside uh, just making
3: that much noise here the way we're going Go,
1: go to the diesel
0: launderers there again, yeah. <laughs> again, <laughs> again the, the scrambler bikes up and down the road <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was
3: uh, yeah there does be a little
1: bit of that going on alright yeah <laughs> Good to have you back my friends. good to have you back okay so uh, Vanessa I'm, you don't don't. Oh, that's another. That's another edit for you there uh, on thirty two thirty seven, I believe. To wrap up the Irish Derby, Capri, Vanessa, for the for the rest of the season, you, you obviously are of the opinion that you think Cracksman is the best of these.
2: Yeah, Capri. Capri has to go on and do something else he? absolutely. I mean, he got everything his own way and won the race just. Mm-hmm. Cracksman had nothing his own way and didn't win the race. Just it's pretty, it's there for everyone to see. I don't think you need to overcomplicate it. I think Cracksman needs to go back to a mile, uh, to 10 furlongs and, and, run maybe in the Irish champion stakes and see how he gets oh on there oh
1: god he's gonna get absolutely destroyed by Highland Real or slash Almanzor hopefully Highland Real because I love Yeah, it. Well look,
2: both of them need to get there Almanzor no one's seen and apparently he's just on sick pay in his <laughs> box and Highland Real <laughs> That's might her go off second
1: F-bomb ladies and gentlemen 33-31 <laughs> there D and
2: uh, Highland Real will probably go off globetrotting to somewhere better no I know I don't think
3: he will I, Kevin uh, there's made- no trotting with him anymore Jeez, he's too good to be sending
1: off for all Absolutely. Low-key. He's on the A-team. 100% he is. And and so let's wrap this up. Cracksman, Vanessa, you don't think we'll go for the St. Ledger. Capri is 5-1 yeah. for that joint favourite with him. If that's the case, is he value for the St. Ledger at 5-1? Fi- at Kevin Blake. I'd be with Tony and say Rick Kindling might be the bet in that race. Okay. We'll elaborate further on him in a little bit. Um, let's just deal with the Irish champion stakes as a possibility for Cracksman. The days of Highland Real trotting are over with the exception, possibly, of the Breeders' Cup Turf, where he may go for back-to-back wins there. But the news broke over the weekend that Minding has... Ha- they're, she's, they're, she's not quite right yet. They've had the x-ray with the vet. Um... We're not
3: going to see her again. She's
1: not making... She has another month
0: of box rest. That'll be back into work at the earliest August 1st. She's not making it back. So it's game
1: over for minding. I would be very surprised. Okay. So that's an awful shame because we've only seen her once this season. And, you know, obviously there was a lot of excitement about what she would do. But if she's off the A-team, then Highland Real is going to be with the exception possibly of Cliffs of Moher, and we'll see what he does in the Eclipse of the weekend, Highland Reel is definitely their number one older horse now. And that opens up races that he ran in last season. The Juddmonte International, where he was at gallant 2nd, Irish Champion Stakes, which he was a little bit unlucky in, and the Arc, where he ran a cracking race. He's a serious horse for them now this season in those races. That's it, he's the one. He is the one. And it's his brother who will go trotting Idaho.
2: Hmm. Oh, yeah. Maybe.
0: I could have that. Don't oh, no. know. He might not have the temperament for us. Yeah, they might have to
3: go trotting now at this stage. I think they would be more inclined to, to keep the two of those at home. I think last year they had uh, Hayden Reid did a bit of trotting. Doville did a little bit of trotting and stuff like that. But um, because so, they've had so many injuries, they've had rotten luck actually with all these older mares that have been mm. kept in training and um, minding 7th heaven somehow obviously disaster um, Terrible
1: news and, about somehow I mean she was Alice, like her form had worked out so well from the Telestol's Gold Cup as well yeah. with that cracking run from Decorated night and they've lost her which is an awful shame Yeah, broke, broke a leg in the, well. the, the gallops Terrible
3: recently. She must have a little problem as well so mm-hmm. that, that's been a bit of that's been disappointing because they did go uh, make a little bit of a departure by keeping so many of the older fillies in training So Sorry wonder, Tony who was um, the,
1: the last horse you mentioned there?
3: Alice Springs. Alice Springs.
1: Yes, that's right. Sure, she hasn't been seen so far this season either after that, sure, after, after her season reappearance. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, that's an awful shame. So t- Sorry, Tony, to, to elaborate on your point?
3: No, ju- just that uh, they may not have the firepower to to, to go mopping up, up those um, races in America. Maybe something like Johannes for me, or might be something for a race like that. But I wonder, um, will Winter maybe step up and trip possibly? Uh, I presume Ooh. Minding would have been on the cards for races like the Nassau and the, 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 that 10 for long race good Goodwood Winter might be in, in inclined that way now um, and oh, of course t- then we'll have to see how Churchill uh, fares out um, mm. where he's going to fit in I'd don't say it's more him. Yeah,
1: I'd say it's more likely that Churchill would go up and trip and Winter would stay to the mile
3: oh, I don't know uh,
0: Churchill they really have to look after Churchill Winter is obviously a filly they can try and to be fair but- she did look more professional last time mm. and at the beginning of the season you know, Aidan had said, you know, she looks like more of a middle distance filly than a than a miler physically. Mm. So now that she's setting it think, a bit better, they I could think well try it. It's,
2: it's panic stations uh, for them with Churchill at this stage, which I know is a bit of a rash thing to say after just the back of clearly a below par effort at Royal Ascot, but now for him. Like, what do you do with him now? Do you keep him at a mile and let him take on all the horses and let him go to Goodwood where he's probably going to get smashed by Ribchester? Or do you step him up and trip? I mean, like, there's confusion. There's panic stations for them with him as a stallion prospect because obviously in their head they'll be thinking he's the next stallion prospect as a, at, a, at a mile. Well,
1: um, you, well, you say he's going to get smashed by Ribchester. He was clearly flat the other day. Like, it's not like he was beaten on merit.
2: No, but, you know, Ribchester's going there very much in the form of his life they've mm. got to training down to a tee now they're like they've really worked him out and he's just on the improve like still like he's really good there's no getting away from that mm. and Churchill's gonna have to go there off the back of a very poor run so who would you have as favorite you know like it's not again it's not rocket science and I'm, I might be totally wrong but I think for them they really need Churchill to, they need to make a decision with Churchill about what they want him to be, I suppose, as much yeah. as anything.
1: Yeah, are they going to want him as a miler or a ten furlong horse, really? They, they, they need him as yeah. a stallion for sure. It's just a matter of what it is they want to do with him and how quickly yeah. we're going to see him back. I think
2: Gary did a long interview with with Aiden, and I don't, I, as far as I'm aware, in ATR anyway, it wasn't mentioned in that. Okay,
1: obviously we're going to have the importance of caravaggio as a stallion as well we'll be racing in the july cup which means there's a jockey change for lamato because ryan moore ryan moore is claimed by Coolmore for his retained riders so the big news then is going to be well who do you get for lamato and the owner was saying today oh it's super saturday it's going to be such a huge day's racing it's going to be almost impossible to get a jockey who did they end up picking kevin blake Harry Bentley. <laughs> oh, that's a brilliant choice. He'll really suit the horse. Wait, hang on a second. the horse have a mental memory of Dubai, auntie? Why do you have that mental scar of being partnered by him? It's going to be a tough day for Lamato. Oh, poor oh, Lamato. those memories flooding back. Can we, <laughs> Dee, can you uh, get the number of the horse psychologist, please, and um, and let Henry Candy know who it is? Because the horse might need a little bit of counselling. He'll be on the couch for weeks. Delighted for, uh, for Mr. Bentley that he's back on. Right, uh, High Chaparral, one of my favourite horses of all time, has rekindling. Um, obviously another stallion gone too soon Um, rekindling those representing him on the track he was bitterly disappointing in the derby at Epsom however uh, as Tony Keenan alluded to in your stable tour Joseph O'Brien was saying he hated the whole Epsom experience and he was back to form he dug Wayne Lorden out of a hole uh, to quote Declan Ricks our colleague on Twitter he dug him out Um, but he's beaten Wickler Brave the Irish St. Ledger winner he's shown a Gutsy performance over a mile six, and he's going to be a an exciting staying prospect for the rest of the season, you would think, Kevin Blake. Yeah, absolutely.
0: You know, it was a big call stepping him up a trip at this stage, and it, it really suited him. Like, he, he looked at a totally different horse to what he had earlier in the season over shorter trips. You know, he was actually quite sparky early on here, mm. stepping up a trip. He took a good hold, he was well covered up, and uh, things didn't really go right at all in the straight. Um, really had to wait for a clear run, had to do a lot of weaving. I personally thought, watching it, the first time I watched it, I thought, he's got too much to do. How can he possibly win from there? Um, but once he gets into the clear, doesn't, God, doesn't he really power home? Yeah. And he's gone and picked up an Irish Ledger winner in Wicklow Brave and ultimately finished well on top of him. Um, I'd say, like, I don't think he needs an ease, but I think it's a little bit of a help. I'd be worried about him and something on anything firmer than good. I'd say good ground would be OK, but he wouldn't want it any firmer than that. And look, the, the, the step up and trip has clearly been a big help. It's been much closer to um, his natural cruising speed, I think. And yeah, like, for, like Tony mentioned, like I agreed with, you know, it's, it's all roads to the same Ledger. Now, I don't know what route he's going to go, Joseph, where he'll give him a, uh, you'd imagine he'll give him one run maybe in between. He's been, he was been busy enough now with the trials as well. Um, so maybe he won't want to kill him. He could be one that could go to the Voltager, maybe. I would
1: have thought York would I be I wonder would general. he go
3: to the Voltager because uh, I think Joseph was saying he, he just didn't like the ground there at York. You know, sometimes people say at York, oh, well, it's sort of, their soft ground is a little bit unusual. It's, mm. you know, it's going to be funny old ground. And he, I, I took that from him now um, in an interview he'd Given somewhere. So I wonder, might he... Um, Prefer to, to, to run them somewhere else, maybe. They
0: have um, um they have an Irish ledger it, trial now, don't they? They do.
3: That's the one I was thinking. Yeah. the corner, Maybe that's in in August time. Might be might be more suitable. But he he is a bit of class form now. In fairness to him, you have to remember he he beat Capri um in the Valley Sacks beat him well. And the mighty um, Yucatan, and, uh, Yucatan and, and, and would have I know, I know up Capri in wouldn't area. have been totally ready that day, but um, still a good performance and. While Joseph is saying he didn't, you know, maybe didn't perform that well in, in York, but that's a serious piece of form, you know. Permian mm. and Ben Battle, two Royal Ascot winners there. So, yeah, as Kevin says, look a different horse, look a very change of gear now when he went up and tripped. So, he, he's definitely interesting for the St. Ledger. Although, as was pointed out to me by Donald McKenna there on Twitter on Sunday, um, mm. would it be a possibility that the Melbourne Cup would be a big game with him, given his owner is Australian based?
1: Oh, good shout, actually. Could. Ooh. Could he could he do both?
3: Well I know Vinnie Rowe did both and the Irish ledger and the, the English ledger are roughly around the same time. Yeah, don't see, unless they've changed the quarantine. Yeah, that would be something so worth checking with
0: the quarantine, yeah. But yeah, like that's why he would have he would have been bought, really. You know, Lloyd Williams
1: is Mr. Melbourne Cup, basically. Mm. He was talked out of running order of St George there, though, thankfully. Yeah, so. and, I, and
0: like this horse wouldn't really appeal to me now, as like I say, he for the same reason that I was very negative in order of St. George going over there at the time, I just don't think this fellow would want the surface you typically get in the Melbourne Cup yeah. because put uh, the firm ground over there is Rock like out. that. Oh, hold on, hold on. Can we queue up a bit of that cloud seeding
3: for him when he goes
1: out there? You <laughs> D, uh, memo to Sheikh Mohammed. Uh, we need to procure the equipment you use in Dubai for cloud seeding. <laughs> Uh, so that we can land a big gamble, rekindling. Tell him the to cop onto cup.
0: himself and get over here. But his reverse cloud seeding. We need someone out over here.
1: <laughs> yeah, we really could actually. Reverse
0: cloud seeding. Clouds, uh, clouds, clouds sucking. Like they suck in the clouds.
1: <laughs> I, I, i was almost lost for words there for a second with what Kevin Blake was about to. I didn't know what direction that was going in. Right, grow up. We can Drop. get, we can get twelve to one. <laughs> <laughs> that was your Big Mac that impression, was it?
0: Yeah. <laughs> grow up, you fool. <laughs>
1: You can get 12 to 1 about rekindling for the St. Ledger That would appeal to me By the way, Capri God almighty, here's here's the price on Capri Biggest price is 5 to 1 You can get it Shortest price is 3's
2: What are we supposed to respond to?
1: (laughs) There's one firm One firm goes 3 to 1 So one firm's taking a very strong view Yeah but is it one of
2: those useless firms?
0: No, it's
1: not And that same firm does not quote Cracksman Ah, but they're playing the PR
0: game. They know you get a name check these days for going shortest, Bryce. <laughs> you really do.
1: Well, they didn't actually. Joke's on then because they didn't get mentioned. You generally get a name check for going shortest. Like, oh, uh, you know. Blake bookmakers go even money Capri, They must know something. They must be really impressed. You know. Dee's bets has gone 8 to 11 Capri, She's obviously onto something. Yeah, come on, lads. Don't report that stuff. So you're not interested at all so the fact that he's... But... it, it Rekindling at 12s is obviously a value bet then In your yeah, mind I think it's,
0: yeah, Of course now There's a the possibility that he may not go For the reasons we've discussed He could yeah. go Irish he could, he could not He could be aimed at Melbourne But keep, keep a little ear out there for Joseph It might mention something that, that would encourage you That he might be going to
1: Donny, And that would be a very good price to me Alright Vanessa You Brits came over and took the pretty polly this was a very smart performance, though Vanessa from Roger Varian's horse. Like she quickened up in some style and won very impressively in the end.
2: Yeah, she was. She was very good, actually. She was, um, I don't no, kind of better than what I thought she was going to be. Um, she, but I, you know, as far as it being a Group One, I, I, I'm inclined to say it was a pretty weak Group One. Um, <laughs> but. Hey, look, she won it, and she won it well. And going forward, she needed. You know, Who's forward
1: shuffling? Forward. Who's constantly shuffling? Tony Keenan.
0: Not
2: me. It's
0: <laughs> Tony Keenan. Keenan, stop shuffling.
1: Give over, will you?
0: know you mean constant shuffling.
2: Tony, you're you in it, such right? a bad book. This little <laughs> podcast. You are like on the naughty step over there. Just pack it in.
1: Go on, proceed.
2: No, just that they've always thought she was nice. You know, they took her over to Woodbine for that uh, the grade one over there. And then she won a listed race. Like, I think they always thought she was a group one horse. And now she's got it in the bag. And mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, she'll have a good rest of the season. But that's it. Group one on her page. I'm sure it'll be after stud. She goes, but it was it was good. And Andrea and Roger Varian, when they go over to Ireland, you know they've been lucky in the past there, and uh, they reap rewards again. So it was nice. But like I say, it, it didn't impress me as a Group One race, to be
1: honest. The form of the Dermot Wells stable is something that was being tweeted a lot at us when it was being announced that Tony Keenan was returning to the show. Um, Zakova drifted quite alarmingly in the betting. I thought for a horse who was such a short price overnight, and ran like it. Uh, what is the latest on the Termit World Forum? Because sometimes we can overreact to Stable form, Tony, but is it an overreaction to his form this time around? <laughs> shuffle, shuffle, shuffle.
3: Uh, no, I don't think there's any overreaction. Um, I don't think there's anything suspicious about Sokova. Uh, I think the ground just had, had dried out for a little bit too much. And, well, I,
1: uh, I was my, uh, done, basically done. what I was alluding to was that the form of the Stable so bad that, that that's why she wasn't going to run well.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose initially, I think when somehow he came out of the race on, um, I think it was Thursday. He said she was going. He she was cut into a short five to four, and she's gone off seven to two. Um, yeah, ten furlongs now on decent ground will be sharp enough for Zukova. Um, Dermot Well, yeah, he's he's an interesting study this year. He obviously had a very good year last year. One of the best years I'd say he's ever had in terms of praise money. He had two point eight million, I think, in praise money last year. Now Harzand, obviously would have um, brought him an awful lot of that uh, winning the Irish Derby um, so that was that was the big swing there Fascinating Rock also would have been ahead but um, I have an article coming out on GGs hopefully tomorrow and I've just taken a look at you know where we're at um, halfway through the, the Irish Flat season the, the Derby will be a, you know, a rough halfway point um, Dermot Weld and I've also been looking at, you know, how trainers in general train the winners over the course of the year to get them early, late, middle of the season, all this sort of stuff. Now Dermot Weld traditionally would be a trainer who would start very, very well um, in the spring, like coming in there at about a, a sort of 21% strike rate. This spring he was operating at 14%, so that's obviously way below. Um, in the early summer, that would be sort of May and June, his strike rate would traditionally be around seven or eight percent this year it's been nine percent hmm. so like the, the stable are i don't know if you want to call i don't know if out of form is the right term for it i think i think there's two things going on here with with uh, the wild operation i think first of all the horses were sick he, he was quite open about that i think of one of the the earlier current meetings i think that first meeting around mid may he was saying he'd had to take a poll with some of them and, um, you know, a few of them are coughing and things that. Actually, a few horses he ran around that time all won, but um, it's just there weren't that many runners. But I think it's just a simple case if he hasn't got the firepower this year. Like this, none of this he's a bad trainer or anything, but um, I think he's going to have an awful job um, getting back in terms of trainer But he's sitting fifth in it now. Um I would say there's little chance of him making the top three. He's not a trainer who traditionally would turn around in the, in, in the summer and into the end of the year. He, he, his tight grade and winners around that time would, would be fine, but not, you know, it's, it's an early part of the season where he does a lot of his damage. Um, and I think this is something very interesting uh, looking into Galway. I was just going to say,
1: Tony, uh, that yeah. this this is going to ruin people's betting strategies for Galway.
3: No, well, well, well
1: no, it, it could be quite it, the, could the opposite. Magnificent.
3: It could be magnificent for Galway actually because he could have he could have 12 false favourites over the one yeah. to actually take on. Um, <laughs> I just don't think he is the horse. i like I just throw out this quick question and then I'll go on. What would you, the two of you, the three of you, think uh, is his best three-year-old? Say for argument's sake.
1: <sighs> yeah, that the silence is and
3: definitely that, the, the, the silence is deafening there. In fairness, yeah, um, I'd say his best is probably what he thought was his best three-year-old. Called was Titus. Possibly mm. who has hasn't lifted a leg really in two starts, making light in his era or two, you know fillies that aren't too bad, but I think they are capping out really at at um, group three levels. So Kova obviously very good, but she's dependent on ground, and um, I'd say she's been brilliantly placed to win a group one in America. Yeah. Pat Smullen has um, more or less said that very disappointing day for Well yesterday. Yesterday been Sunday, he had a lot of sort of fancied horses going into the day. Um, I think the best any of them managed was Fort. So he just looks to be operating at a down year. Now, I do want, I'll draw listeners' attention here to something um, there's a market there powers of a market up uh, betting without Aidan O'Brien um, to be t- top trainer in Ireland am Weld is still 11-8 in this market um, oi, oi. But Jim, Bul- G- Jim Bulger's even money uh, I bet Jim Bulger I've um, had a reasonable bet on him and I think he'll win it um, I think that's a pretty good even money shot if you don't mind waiting until October to be paid um, I think Bulger is having a quite a good year under the radar. He's, as it stands, let me just I'll get this up here. He's about he's about 130,000 euros in prize money clear of Jerry Lyons at the minute. Um, he has a couple of massive advantages over Jerry Lyons. Um He runs his horses a lot more than Jarlaians. Is one of them. You see, their horse the goes could win an Ulster Derby, which worth a lot of money at denryal Saturday. The Royal Alaska and then he backs him up again, wins at the Cora on Friday night. Decent prize money for that handicap too. Gerald um, Lanes is always hostage to having to maybe sell a horse that maybe wins a maiden impressively. It could be gone to Hong Kong. Dr. Jeff was a good example of that. But more importantly, I think Jim Bulger seems to have a, a decent group of three, two-year-olds. Um, mm-hmm. I know we haven't talked about these horses that ran the railway stakes yet, but um, to me... I think you saw the two best two-year-olds in Britain and Ireland, um, Beckford and Verbal Dexterity on Saturday. I think they are two savage horses. And at this stage, having not seen what Aidan O'Brien has, and I'm seeing what Aidan O'Brien, he need to bring out something in the interim because I don't think he has it at the minute. Mark, maybe discussed at Klimt yesterday was quite good as with the tour. But um, I'd be expecting Beckford to go close in the Phoenix Stakes and I'd be expecting Verbal Dexterity definitely go close in the National Stakes. He, he ran a, a serious race um, to be so effective dropping back to six forums on decent ground having made his day go over seven on heavy, haven't looked absolutely still looking a bit clueless on Saturday. He could be a savage horse. But that even money Bulger um looks a right bet. Um well the eleven date is just completely wrong from what I can see. Um because he's gonna to need to start winning group one start pulling back this prize money discrepancy. Like he's sitting on three hundred and fifty thousand in terms of prize money at the minute, uh, Bulger's sitting on eight hundred and thirty thousand, um that's a hell of a gap to bridge back when you haven't got a group one horse. Um, Zakova, I suppose, was his Group One horse. She had a sh- her chance at the weekend. I can't think of another suitable race for her in Ireland for the rest of the year. It's confined to fillies and mares. So yeah, that's yeah. I'd like to it's the part We'd like to see that even money sitting at one to two be the end of the week.
1: That's, so, a, that's yeah. a sting price, eleven to eight. Well,
3: oof, yeah, it, isn't it? Oof,
1: but it's but it's a value price if Money Bulger though, almost certainly yeah, for, Ger- all, for yeah. all that's going to last.
3: A, you can make a case. You can make a case for four to one Geraldines as well. But um, I just think you know, that that's probably just gonna be a value loser. Um the Bulger thing is just uh, yeah. as long as you do something something doesn't go wrong he's probably gonna win it, you know. If you
0: if you if you couple Bulger and uh Bulger in lines the best four to six charge you'll ever back in their life I'd say oh,
3: well, well, <laughs> you needn't worry Kevin. I thought about it but I just says no, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have um, a few quitting Bulger. And another interesting knock on effect in this, and I think this is something that hasn't been talked about, and I'm only I'm only i this yes, Pat Smullen, exactly. Um the jockeys race is really interesting. Powers, again, had a market at the start of the year betting without Pat Smollin. Um And again, that, that's a market that made total sense. Pat Smullen wins it every year. Mm. Um, but actually, at the minute, um, Smollen is, I think, fifth yeah. in terms of the jockeys joint, race. Joint fourth. And, uh, joint fourth, joint fifth. And I, have, I just have this here. Just give me one second. Um, the seven winners are covering the top six of Manning, Colin Keane, Lee, Hayes, Smullen, and Foley. And I'd say Shane Foley and Billy Lee and Colin Keane and Christy Hayes and Kevin Manning are looking at that saying, you know what? I have a little chance here winning the Jockeys Championship this year. Um this is this is the the bar is not going to be as high as previous years. Dermot Weld is struggling. Yeah, Galway fair enough. But um Galway only comprises what? What is the fifty odd races? We'd say at Galway, and half of those are in the flat. It's only twenty five races. Um mm there's plenty of handicaps there that are bloody competitive um, along with the few maidens. maybe the Weld may or may not be keeping back um, so I think that it's, it's a really interesting flat season the narrative there in terms of the jockeys race has, has certainly shifted a little bit as has the there maybe without Aidan O'Brien, who of course is, is obviously away and gone, and um, Jessica Harrington's obviously having a great time. But she's going to break any personal best in terms of winners that she's had before. But some of the other stuff now that, that is going on is quite interesting.
1: If I pushed you for a jockey selection, would you go for Kevin Manning?
3: Would <sighs> no, he? Ooh. No, I don't. Yeah, I don't Manning. So, I, don't, I don't. He doesn't get enough outside rides. I yeah. think, I think to, um, to 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 do to uh, you know you have to be you're going to have to ride at a few of these ordinary sort of meetings like Chris Hayes will get a few raids. Colin Keane will obviously get a lot of raids. Yeah. the thing about Gerlainz um, and Colin Keane Geraldines is a trainer just invariably keeps churning out the winners week to week month to month um, he's very very consistent he's a fella that doesn't seem to really go through these lulls and stable form um, he just operates around the same level so Colin Keane probably be take, kept taken over um, by him uh, uh, if if I was asked for a turn, of it, it probably would be Colin Keane because I think he gets on a lot of uh, outside raids as well. You know.
1: All right, Tony, you alluded to the railway stakes, so let's talk about Gordon Elliott and Gorgie. Beckford. He is <laughs> he is coming for the flat season. Uh, Declan McDonough on board, uh, one length winner over verbal dexterity for Jim Bulger. With the uh, Coventry horses Back in third and fourth Let's talk about Beckford First of all I mean this was a This was a really smart performance As Tony was alluding to
0: Yeah good horse Nice performance Traveled Picked up Strong at the line Still a shade raw even You
1: could say Yeah Lots to like about that now Lots to like about it Gordon's got to be excited about him Oh god yeah for all yeah. that he probably can't wait to geld him and put him over a hurdle. But, nah, but in terms of <laughs> like Gordon going into the flat game is interesting anyway. It's not like he hasn't had runners in the flat before, but the fact that he's got juveniles this season is interesting. And, and nice ones, not just and, Beckford. Yeah, and this one looks like we've already seen a couple of fairly interesting ones, but this one looks to be to be quite exciting.
0: Absolutely. No proper horse as as, as I think Tony Mentioned the, as nice a two year old as we've seen on this side of the water, or certainly well, very successful. Well,
3: I don't feel us. like such a, a big of a, a fool for tipping him up and backing him for the Coventry now, um, as I do, because he didn't run, a course. Mm. I think he'd have won the Coventry. if he I suppose the ground might have been a concern because he got very fast on the Tuesday of Raya Lascott. But um, he beat the Bryna horse and Murillo Fodder, and the two of them were, mm. beat, um, were beaten in the Coventry. So um, I, I would be fairly. And, and also worth pointing out, the Coventry was a truly run race, whereas this railway. Um, wasn't through on your own. I, I'd be very keen to keep the two of these on And I think um, you have to give a little bit of praise to the operation um, who are after Bynum back for, uh, I think it's the Nick Bradley Racing Syndicate, whoever they are. Uh, yeah, Nick Bradley. Bradley. Well, uh, he, he, he seems to be a proper operator on what he's done this year. I saw him put out a tweet there earlier. He said um, they've already gotten back the price of the money they spent on yearlings in prize money and it's only the, whatever the tour of June and of course they've got a touch um because they've sold back for down to Newton Anna as well I'm sure. and that's not included yeah. and they probably have a good few to run and they've got obviously a lot of these horse come forward and Gordon has got another very good one um Monkey Lou or Money Lou one down in Lestowell and you might say at Lestowell that farm probably won't have been much actually very good on the clock very well backed so um I was actually laughing at Gordon saying um uh, we, we thought he was going very well at home, but we've not the gallop him with the head. The mate gallop him with monkey do the and find out the two of them are pretty good. Uh, that's what I was sort of suspect. Well, the, but the real shame.
1: The real shame at Gordon's Yard is, of course, that they can't gallop him with the mighty Don Poli to get a real indication as to how good they are because he's injured. So he would have given them some insight. Probably would have been even money for this race <laughs> if they'd done that. Um, verbal dexterity you were taken with as well, uh, Tony. Well, let's well,
3: verbal dexterity didn't travel a yard. I think that was the, that. was the issue with him. He put up one of the best time figures, say, um, of the season for a first time out juvenile when he won at the Cora. There he won whatever be twelve or thirteen lengths. Um, and I, 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 again, he—I fancied himself and Beckford going to the Covens. he Actually, finished up back in the two of them doing me donated and ran, yeah. um, which was a bit of a second. But whatever, you have, have that. Um, but verbal dexterity again—I just really impressed with how how he ran on on Saturday because it's just a race that didn't suit him in any way, shape, or form. The ground might have been—it was quicker than what he'd run on. He was cutting back to six, um, and you know. It, it was slowly run sort of a race Jim Boyd actually supplemented him into the race which is you know what a point that he, he thinks an awful lot of them and yeah I, I would be hoping that the two of these won't spend the rest of the season meeting I'd be hoping that Beckford might stay around the 6 and um the, the Bulger horse might be going for the seven with the Jew horse, maybe a race that Jim Bulger's got a very good record in being an ultimate sort of aim. But I really like these two. I think that the the better than anything possibly that Aidan O'Brien has had out so far. I, I don't think his Colts have been anything great. Now, maybe September is, is, is something special. But although I would say that um, Gustav Klimt now looked pretty good yeah. yesterday because his form going into the race looked pretty ordinary and he just left that behind um, to beat Layens' horse with so- very solid form but then again this thing in toward the thing that's completely unfancied uh, Park Beggy's riding has put up a serious performance too so the, both of those I'd say they might be Aidan's more interesting ones he wouldn't be shy about um, not shy but he would often run a good horse um, in a maiden over uh, Irish Derby weekend you know that that wouldn't be uncommon. Yeah. That 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 might be one of his better two-year-olds if it was coming to hand at that time. If he had, like, I know Churchill obviously last year had come to hand before that. But if if they're fitting in there, that would be where they would run.
1: Okay. Well, Gustav Klimt, a general twenty-to-one shot for the Derby next season, but according to uh, D's bookies, she's only going five-to-one. So obviously, she had a word with Michael Tabor afterwards, and this thing's been burning up the Gallops. Uh, you talk about Aidan O'Brien's <laughs> horses um, and his juveniles maybe not being superstars so far. We've already seen the impressive performance from September. Clemmie put up a really, really good performance in the Group 3, Vanessa. Um, she quickened up really, really well, uh, this sister to Churchill. And there was a lot of people saying, well, why is she sh- sh- such a short price for Royal Ascot? She ended up not going for that race and rerouted to the Albany instead, could only manage seventh. But at the Curra on Sunday, she looked really good.
2: Yeah, really good. Um, the They were on Monday View on ATV and with Jamie Lynch which is so good if like anybody misses the racing over the weekend just tune into that and then you feel like you're fully caught up but Jamie had uh, the graphics team put Clemmy's win from the weekend up against Churchill with them being uh, brother and sister and uh yeah he was just showing sort of how how similar they are to one another mm. in their racing styles with their head carriage their movement their action um and sort of the way they finish their race um I think he showed Churchill's I can't remember which one it was What it, which run it was it was an early one but it was quite interesting and if that's anything to go by then we've got to hope that uh, she has got plenty more in the tank she was more impressive at the end of that race than anywhere else wasn't she
1: yeah
2: um, so yeah no she's plenty to look forward to and I mean look, you can't look at her breeding and who she's related to and the similarities and going forward she's definitely one but I think that I think the two-year-old division, in general, I'm very much struggling to get any sort of a handle on whatsoever. Just at this stage, no one's for me has put their head up and said, "Yeah, me, pick me. I'm I'm the best of the bunch at this stage." I think we've got a long way to go before they sort themselves out.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with that. I mean, particularly when you look at the anti-post betting, like September is ludicrously short. Uh, for the classics which we talked about last it's week, good. obviously if you've taken the price if you've got a big price about a fair play but in in terms of right now yeah Clemmy's just arrived on the scene now as well it could turn out that Clemmy's much it's- better than we thought and and perhaps you know you've got concerns about September's physique in terms of her training on for next season because you were making the point on last week's podcast with Lydia that she should be a big filly being at a peeping form but she's not no and i I much prefer
0: Clemmy now mm. of the two. Um, and bear in mind, like Clemie's doing this over six furlongs. You know, she's not spread to be six furlong Philly. Yeah, I know, look, her, ma- her mammy's her mammy. She was very fast, but we've seen with Churchill what Galileo can do yeah. uh, when paired up with Meow. So, you know, her future is over a mile. Um, like Vanessa said, you know, her, her final furlong was her best furlong by some margin. And yeah, stepping up by the debutante, I know, has been mentioned for September as well. But we've seen in, in recent years they will race these good fillies against each other and sort out which is the best. And they could well a clash, a fine clash it'll be. And I'll be with Clemmy. Okay, as will so I. so
2: many already. That, well, no, there's not so many. There's a handful of horses already coming out of those two year old races at Royal Ascot that finished down the field that uh, have then gone on to win nice races like Clemmy from this weekend, US Army flag or whatever it's called.
1: Yeah.
2: Flopped and then went and won really well like i think that's going to happen a lot over the coming um months and people should just be very aware that obviously royal ascot winners are fantastic and they did it on the day but for two-year-olds they just like every week is important to those two-year-olds in terms of their development and so i think we'll see some surprises along the way
1: so vanessa what you're telling us is to get as much money as we possibly can Raid all of the savings. Find the piggy banks. Find the piggy banks that we even forgot about as kids. Get all of that money and lump it on Declaration of Peace next time he runs.
2: That is absolutely not 100% what I said. That's I what don't you said. Want that quote anywhere. You said, near you said my...
1: Declaration of Peace is an absolute solid moral next time out. Like a dagger through my heart. <laughs> a
2: dagger. Yeah. I think we should move on from that. I don't even like it. The the.
1: Yeah, I don't like talking about him. Move on, move on. <laughs> How good was Gustav? Why well, he was good, yeah. That's like
0: about him. Um, you know, oh. Gerlines' horse would be king. Set a fair old standard there. Mm-hmm. And um, money came from too. Very much so, and Gustav who'd shape nice without blowing away, blowing anyone away first time. Uh, it was a funny one because he kind of came off the bridle at halfway there, you know, and given his response that came quite quickly afterwards like he ended up in front way too soon if anything and yeah. he, like I, yeah, I have to put it down to just sleepiness and he, he just needed to be woken up because he seemed to get he came right off the bridle very quickly and then all of a sudden he got. oh you want me to go faster Oh, and off he went Um, I liked his mechanics um, he's a full brother to Mars who didn't quite live up to expectations but still ended up ended being up a, with Mike the Cock ended up being a very good horse to be fair to him just wasn't the classic yeah. horse we thought he might be at one stage and and yeah Just very likeable Very they likeable They
1: don't end up With Mike DeCock anymore Don't they not Very seldom actually Yeah Is that ever since Aidan O'Brien made that quip About Oh, you, you think I'm just Training this one For Mike DeCock next season Is it And then this Stopped being bought I don't remember that Yeah he made that quip one day He made that joke It was a very very funny joke To make And uh, and it had the People in the press room In stitches going I didn't think Aidan Would be that funny But he was chin- It was mm. uh, it was a properly funny mar- remark uh, A Galileo out of a Dane Hill mare I mean Nicely bred, nicely bred. Um, Can
2: we? Um, what's our next topic of conversation, please, Emmett?
1: Johannes Vermeer. Uh, okay.
2: What would
1: what would you like to be, Vanessa?
2: I want to hear what Tony Keenan thinks about the current classic generation and the fact the girls are a lot better than the boys, and the sprinters are a lot better than the middle distance and the milers.
1: Well, first of all, uh, the GoPro. Technically speaking Has kind of been installed But D's not happy with it You don't like the angles of it Oh no It doesn't It doesn't show your good side <laughs> well, What good side would that be Look. What good side would that be that you're we've referring to, to, Dee? We've got to get hair and makeup in first before we're allowed to get yeah, that loose. Yeah, and, and a lot of it for that matter. Anyway, we're, we're still kind of working on that.
3: Kevin, Ke- Kevin, Kevin right
1: just now. did like a uh, <laughs> like a not, West Side he... <laughs> gang style to the camera. Honestly, he did. It's not live. There's no point in doing that. No one's seeing it. I'm practicing. <laughs> 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 well, I can't wait for the next Sunday forum with Kate yeah. You're just like, what like, side? Next Sunday. Oh, brilliant! Excellent stuff. Yeah, excellent stuff. So you can see him. You can see Kevin throwing up gangstones Then uh, <laughs> the the <laughs> point that I was going to make is I'm for Golden, dog <laughs> Well, Golan is known for its uh, there, there was,
0: gangland shootings. There quite literally was a gangland murder in my in my village a few years ago. Right, should laugh. Do an internet search. It, it really happened. did happen. A man was shot dead in a drug late, in a drug related dispute in my village. Was it a dry fire? and when it
1: got yes, out of a was. car and it yeah. lasted with a shotgun yeah, they didn't they didn't really have the um and Kevin <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you may have to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> OK, Tony Keenan gets the beat machine going. At, what, what was it, D? 11020, was it? There you go. Yeah, I'll one. tell you
0: what, you, you think Golden is a sleepy village, you know, population circa 300, 400. In recent years, we've had a gangland shooting, a murder, literally, and we also had a Shergar-style greyhound kidnapping only, a, right. only a matter of months ago. That's the, right, the dog yeah. that was beaten in the, the English Derby final yeah. the other day. It's all kicking off. Kevin, yeah,
2: you pretending to be a gangster is... A about as funny as herpes which is not
0: that funny at all okay. I know I, that, <laughs> I, I, no, I personally would know nothing about that Vanessa but I'll take your word for it <laughs> <laughs> hey,
2: my, my witty jive is backfired, <laughs> you know, it was backfired. I, I was
0: wondering why you'd kind I'm of like be abs, truck absent from the her. social scene there for the last month or so I knew there must have been a reason why Vanessa wasn't a royal ascot that just didn't seem right at the time but that makes much more sense <laughs>
2: You wouldn't not go to Royal Ascot if you had herpes, topic. although, actually, on the herpes topic, a very serious situation occurred, which actually, now we're talking about it and we're being open and honest, it did put me off going to Ascot. Wait, what? I, yeah, I had a lot of cold sores on my face <laughs> for a week, and... Every other day, Jason Weaver had to look at them and tell me whether I had to go to the doctors. <laughs> and in the end, he said doctors and Sean Boy said doctors. And and I the doctor said mad. herpes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was too embarrassed. So I just went with the Zobrax and it cleared itself up. But it did put me off going to ask Scott <laughs> because I had like like that is a strain of herpes on my face. <laughs> This is- FYI, producer D's head is in
1: her hands it's actually, she's actually sorry sorry I'm wrong it actually turns out D's crying with laughter <laughs> there are actually tears coming out of D's face I did
2: actually have to look into that though because it's not the same strain it's a very different strain <laughs> the one on your face and actually it, it's not anything to do with anybody else which would make sense because I don't go near anyone else have I backed up out of this street enough
1: yet no beep <laughs> Deep, Dig up, deep. stupid. <laughs> I honestly <laughs> thought i honestly thought you were going to start talking about the seriousness of the Kevin Ryan situation and the fact that the horses are now riding, about being allowed to be raced again. No! No, no, no. Off on a tirade about the fact oh, that you had Lord. cold sores on your face. Alright. Yeah. Okay. Let me go back
2: to our classic generation chat. The girls uh, are better than the boys, right? <laughs> and the sprinters are better than the rest.
1: Uh, Tony Keenan, you've been unusually quiet. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um... <laughs> Yes, Vanessa. The, yeah, the girls do look pretty good. I, I would imagine that Enable would be able to mix it and, and possibly beat any of these. um I think so. Shows running won't, won't run against Cracksman from the same yard. Maybe. Look, like, I thought Cracksman was better than the form at the weekend. Should have won. But now whether he could, he could beat Enable is another thing. Uh, there are a pair of horses Colts, though, three horses, that I actually throw into the mix um, I think Bramato was really good um, I think he's hard to knock on what he's achieved and I think the horse that he beat and that won the jersey Labrivido Le Le is a, a serious horse yeah, um, he's I've been close. very interested in him going for those um, back end group group one mile races and I don't think you can knock um, Barney Roy either. I think he's going to be a big player in Sandown at, uh, at the weekend. Spoofer,
1: ta- lucky old uh, horse, oh. got lucky. that Churchill was off colour. That's all. He barely <laughs> beat Lancaster Bomber. He was a lucky, lucky horse. Yeah. Kennedy, don't down. The still still bitter.
3: With that is that the old facts. Don't really back that up. Still bitter. Now nah, I'm, I'm just sex, being bitter. No, no, he was class. He was class. He was have, class. He, class. he was next, class. So,
1: um, I'm only, I'm only uh, being a bitter lemon uh, about the. Um, here, well, tell
2: me me who would you have over a mile? Obviously, we hope Ribchester. Well, we can't guess, but who would you have over a mile? Uh, Winter with all her allowances versus Churchill versus Ribchester.
3: No, I want, Libri- I want to back Librivedo against the three of those. I mean, that's, 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 I'd agree with what that. I want to do. Big I that, chat, Tony I have, I have, I have that in my head. That's what I want to do. I want to yep. back him against one of those um, okay. other ones. Let's elaborate on this further, Tony, because the reason,
1: the reason I'm quite keen on this is because he had to come up the middle... On the day, it was the most difficult to do that at Royal Ascot, and he managed to to achieve it. I thought that was a serious performance from him that day.
3: Well, it starts back the thing. I think Bramato was pretty good. Um, yeah. uh You know, the they out there of, of rivet there in, in the in the, in the, the pool lands or whatever it's called, um, and then look, like, Jesus, he, he could be. Like, look, the draw biases at Royal Ascot were moving, and there was messing and all that mm. sort of stuff. Like, you know, it was changing day to day, and then there was jockeys were playing into that, be, be, you know, be switching all this sort of stuff. But the one thing you can be pretty certain of, and uh, the, the course um, executive there said it, is that the middle was slower, and he has absolutely buried yeah. good horses on his part of the track. He's beaten the ban, who is um, placed pine Winter in, in Newmarket. And he's done it on their sort of hands and heels, because your man is not hammering the life out of him. So I think he would be the one that's going to be a little bit underrated um if he was to run in against those because he hasn't got the the Jersey is the Jersey a group one yet? No, it's No, it's group two. Group, no, it? it's Still a group two. So he hasn't won a group one. Um I thought he was he could easily have won the French Guinea, so he could be a group one winner. And uh, Jersey stakes farm starting to work out a little bit through Valor, um who was down the field. Seven or eight won their list of race to Cora on Saturday. So uh, I would like to chance him against those I and mean, the problem is he, he may not have any interest in coming for the Sussex Stakes. And um, he might stay at home for the the the, the Moulin or the Jacques Lamar. But I'd say there's a distinct possibility French trainers will be more inclined to come for Champions Day for the for the Q E two. That that might be a race for him of course then he'll have already won on Ascot's st- straight track so maybe that yeah. he probably won't have to run against bramato again which is a help because i presume he's going to have an arc prep
2: i would like um, to put it out there that enable is a horse that's very good and i think that they might miss the um irish oaks and i think they might do what they did with Tegruda and take her to the king george mm. and see how she gets on there especially if for whatever reason highland real didn't make it if but that i mean that's unlikely but yeah you get what i mean and, uh, is there an indication
1: in, that that's going to happen, Vanessa? Has there been any mumblings and rumblings in in the UK that that could happen?
2: Uh, no, I, I think it's 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 still open. Basically, I don't think they've decided that they're definitely going to the Irish Oaks with her. Okay. Um, well, that's what is, what I'm of the understanding of. I might be totally wrong, but she's you know fully in the King George, fully priced up. Um, I just think that they might be I don't know they might be tempted to do that and it'd be very interesting she'd go in there um, rated quite a bit higher than Togruda did yeah uh, when she went to go in there, I think Enable's rated 122 and when Togruda won it she was rated 113 quite a big difference and I think she uh, Enable is very very good and if like I say Highland Real wasn't a show then maybe that would be that for her
1: well it's wide open but I mean he should be He's tough as old boots in real, so as long as he stays sound and Coolmore don't suffer anymore. Four
2: plan then? The King George and then... Same as Irish last season,
1: Champions. I would think. King George, yeah. Champions International, Irish Champion Stakes, Ark Breeders' Cup. that make sense to you? Wow. Kevin? Kevin? Yeah, yeah. I like it. Yeah. What, Kevin Blake is like, are you all right? Yeah, yeah. Are you playing Angry Birds? No.
2: <laughs> he's just thinking about the herpes.
1: Uh, <laughs> Traumatised. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's been... D, D actually did check to see was he playing Angry Birds um, <laughs> y- your thoughts on classic generation that point that Vanessa has been, been making like Tony and I are firmly in the liber Vito camp for the Miling division later on I'm a huge fan of Winter obviously um, and I'm starting to come around to the idea that in the middle distance races I really want to be with Alan Real for the arc
0: I think the, I'd agree with Vanessa that the Phillies are very good both Winter and Enable are very good with the allowance I think they would be right on top of the Colts um, I'd also agree with yourself And Tony at Lebrevito Is very good as well I just hope we get the chance To see it happen And mm. um, there are Enough races there That they could All of managed Manage to avoid each other Q- QE2 Hopefully they'd see each other then I hope it, happen, it would happen Before then I If at all, all possible I don't think it will You know Sussex um, The Jacques de Marois
1: yeah, yeah, Well Ripchester could go for that
0: Yeah see, There's options there From to t- tippy toe Around each other If they so wished Yeah But uh, it's 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 good and lively now. I'd be looking looking forward to quite a few of those clashes. I want to see the three year olds get in against the older horses um,
1: asap. Here's one for you.
3: Here, what price is what price would you think Highland Reel is for the yard?
1: He's twelve to one.
3: Hold on, I just want to check something here. Keep talking there.
1: So much depends on the Zor gets back. Because I just checked that Highland Reel's eight to one for the Judmont. That's big.
2: Almanzor's going to York isn't he? The old, old
1: states. Well, you already made the point. We haven't seen him yet. Yeah, believe it when I see it. Now. Highland
3: Rail. There's there's money up here on Betfair now. It's small money, like at sixteen and 21, to one, Highland Rail for the Arctic triumph. Jeez, that's it. That seems stupid, doesn't it? That's a huge price. I know, ha- I know he has to get a bit of decent ground, but you know, he,
1: it's he, too he, it's he, too he, big, he, Tony, isn't it? we like
3: I know we. Idiot. I
0: know he, the fan club is growing and all, but if he turns up for a real a world class Group One like that, will people? Have latched onto him enough to make him a, a
1: like at the fav. He's not going to be favourite, he, but he'll he, be short reminiscent
3: that. of something like Duke of Marmalade. I, I know he's a he's a year older and that I'd maybe took him a little bit away to to find the devil of find that horse reach. He's going to dance every dance, but surely he keeps winning. You know, yeah. um, mm. he he's won at Ascot there, and, and in one sense the race has been run to suit because he's been up the front in a slow pace, but um. He's not suited to be a slow pace over 10 forelungs either. No. So, you know, 12 furlongs is obviously um, more his bag. He just keeps getting it done. And look, at whatever it is he would be vulnerable to something that is absolutely out of this world high class. Mm. Um, but there doesn't seem to be that horse around just yet. Enable may be that horse. Bramato may be that horse. um you know, minding won't be there. But this you will know, all be no sorted out if
0: Almanzor comes back. Almanzor is a machine,
3: isn't he? He is. He is. But 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 what finesse is saying there about his well being seems to be a massive issue.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, the, the, to she, be fair, she, the trainers, the other trainers, other horses have, have come out of it,
3: and we yeah, don't know how badly that, he was affected.
0: Um, Almanzor himself. At least has, has
3: had a couple of runs. But, he has had a couple of runs. Like, why? Why yeah. hasn't he had a run? I think. Was not yeah. the plan that he was to have a run around this time? There was a group tour in France around uh, Raya Lasca. Yes. You know, maybe, maybe, maybe that has passed and maybe it, it's next week. I don't know. But, um, so
1: so here's the would, thing. You'd like to see him. Here's the thing. So there was, there's there's there a was, question mark about Almanzor and maybe, as Kevin says, he'll come back and be a machine in which case then if you can get the 6-1, to one, then it's huge. Bramato maybe. Enable has looked very good and I would take nothing away from her but she has to go and do it again. And we yeah. don't know. If she runs in the King George, we saw what that did to, to, to Gruda. She ended up getting beaten by Aidan O'Brien's horse who was given an exceptional ride by Ryan Moore on the day. But still, it took an awful lot of her. It's hard for a, a three-year-old filly, for any three-year-old to come run in the King George. It can take it out she of you. Did she not win the
3: King George,
1: no? She won the King George, w- but then lost the Yorkshire, Yorkshire Oaks. That's,
3: oh, that's right. Yes, yes, of yeah, course. As yeah, a I long, guess. long, yeah.
1: long odds on favours. Um, right. So, minding it looks as though it won't go, and then you've got Highland Real And he's the only one Who is absolutely rock solid To get there And doesn't have to have Doesn't have to mess around With a trial In order to to prove anything Whereas Bramato Is going to have to run In something like the pre Neal Or the Grand Prix de Paris mm. So he's 12 to Ooh, 1 I'm starting 18, to talk 12, myself it? into this He's 14 to 1 You can get 14s Well he's
3: 20 He was 29 on Betfair There but two seconds ago But someone's after taking
1: that <laughs> <laughs> Kevin D no. I'm oh, pretty man. sure it's it obvious who, it who that was. was <laughs> <coughs> Tony Keenan. Not messing about. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the Highland Real yeah. Fan Club continues to grow on the final Furlong podcast. Uh, if he wins the arc, we're all going to be in Clover. Okay. To wrap up the weekend's coverage, Johannes Vermeer. Um, he's a globetrotter, basically, isn't he? Like, he just, yeah, grand. Money came for him. Grand. It's good to see him back. Yeah.
0: Good to see him back. Yeah. He'd uh, hadn't had. he. You know, obviously, only ran once the back end of last season, has had his problems, got back and probably back to his best there, but I don't think he's going to be going winning the group one.
1: No, he's fine. He's, he's a fine horse, like a nice horse in the yard. That's it. Anything else you want to talk about from the curve over the weekend? No. Nope. Tony Kanan?
2: No. Nope. Vanessa Ryle? Nah, I'm done. All okay. The
1: cover. Breaking news in the tabloids <laughs> Nikki Henderson nigel tristan davis fisticuffs
2: <laughs> cuffs. according
1: to the tabloids however however final furlong podcast sources were there our spies were on site and we saw exactly what happened joining us on the line now is donald mcintyre to tell us more, sorry, it's not Don Macdonald, it's actually Kevin Blake. Kevin, you just happened to be there as this all unfolded. You'll think I'm taking the people think I'm taking the make. He's but not genuinely. joking. <laughs> he is not joking. Genuinely,
0: uh, this happened less than ten yards away from me. <laughs> you were actually there,
1: and we are now joined on the line by our good friend Nikki Henderson. Nikki, uh, Kevin, you saw Kevin. <laughs> what actually went on? Uh, it's all just misunderstanding. <laughs> Good friend Nigel, <laughs> good final escort.
0: Um, yeah, I, I read the article there that went out last night, and apparently there's been rumours that punches were thrown, and it was all very nasty altogether. Nothing like that, lads. And I tell you the and truth, Dee was but, with uh, D, you. D was there. She confirmed what I am going to say because I tell you, if there was punches, because I would have been there refereeing, it would have been fantastic. But uh, oh, imagine
1: did, the scenes
0: that didn't happen. I'd say The both of them, I'd say, as we all had at the time, had a few had a few sherbets, and um, there was.
3: It wouldn't have been funny if the headline had have been Tipperary bare knuckle boxer stands in to separate endo and the twister. That would have been a good
0: headline. It no, I'm afraid I was happy to, to stand by and watch. <laughs> but ah, look, there, 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 there was there was there was heated words exchanged. is what we'll say. Um, it was there was a, a female mediator introduced into the equation. It all calmed down very quickly.
1: Rumour has it that was producer D. Uh,
0: literally about 90 seconds after it started. Nigel gave Nikki a big kiss in the cheek, and that was it. They they both walked back to the party they were they were that they had been at, and that was it. So it was all a big bunch of nothing. It was
2: very. I think we tip- need to focus on the fact that a neither of them have the athletic ability to throw any sort of punch.
1: Oh, I don't B, know, a no, twister might throw a slap. I'd I'd, say, I'd I'd <laughs> B, say Nikki wouldn't be too afraid to give one either.
2: Oh come on! <laughs>
1: no, I couldn't see and, that myself now.
2: <laughs> and B, the main factor here is the story in inverted brackets was in the like horrible rancid paper that is the Daily Fail. So I don't <laughs> think we need to actually even take time to talk about the scum of a tabloid. But,
0: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, I just thought it was, and a lot of people saw it. Like it, it I, we're all sort of looking at each other awkwardly as it was panning out, but. I, mean, I just, just found it funny that I happened to be in the middle of a, a great tabloid incident. <laughs> yeah.
1: The, the also,
2: if Kevin Blake, you were the person that sold the like minutest little so- story for the Daily Fail, you are also a piece of scum. <laughs> did, <laughs> you
1: sell, did you sell that story to an oily tabloid rag? No, nobody asked me for a comment, amazingly enough. Okay. Well, what? I did. Now. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I yeah, think it's what's it's happened here star, is the star, producer. Star I think what's happened here is the producer D has protected your integrity. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what's happened.
2: Producer D, it must be love,
1: hey? Uh, yeah, but good. good so fun. to sum up, it was all a big bunch of nothing. <laughs> like, like you'd see amongst any
0: friends on a drunken night out, bit of a disagreement, and yeah, okay, that, that was it.
1: Nope. Um, Next week on the Final Furlong Podcast, we are going to do a kind of mid-season review, a sort of halftime report. We'll have seen the Coral Eclipse run at that stage. So that's going to run at the weekend. Um, Tony, you've already alluded to the fact that Eminent is going to run there, and we've seen some horses who disappointed at Epsom and have come out and performed very well. Permian is another example of that, which is interesting because he'd already won at Epsom, but Mark Johnston then argued on the day that he didn't seem to handle the track for whatever reason. So he's going to clash with the Epsom runner-up, the the, uh, the actual Derby's runner-up uh, Cliffs of Moher at the weekend. Uh, we were trying to go through the, the, the list of horses who were running, Kevin and I, and every time I mentioned a horse's name to Kevin... He was underwhelmed, to say the least. Um, have you gone through the field? And, and if so, what, is, what are your thoughts? Because we're going to see Barney Roy up in trips, which is interesting. But Lydia and Kevin are of the opinion this is a disaster. Cliffs of Moher, this has been his target since then. Sylvester D'Souza already booked for eminent. What are your thoughts on the race?
3: I would have thought it's going to be a really good race because I, I imagine most if all of them are not going to, ru- are going to run. Um there's some more we know who's going to run Eminence, a definite runner. Barney Rye sounds like he's going to run. Um, I see no reason why both Decorated Knight and Ulysses wouldn't run. Now, you've five very good horses there now. Mm. Have you got a superstar? Possibly not. But um, you've five really good ones. You've a lovely representative field there. You've two horses coming off in the Epsom Derby. You've Barney Rye, winner of St James Palace. And you've second and third from the Highland Reader race, Royal Alaska. I think this looks really, really interesting. Um, Talk about a few of these. Eminent was horse eye back at Epsom. I think lots of little things went wrong for him at Epsom. You put it all together, he's probably going to finish a bit closer. Didn't don't like he didn't look like he was in love with the track. Got shuffled for position a couple of times. Jockey dropped the whip. Not saying he would have won it or anything, but I'd say he would have probably made have made the places. Uh, Cliffs of Moher, yes, obviously he. He, he has to be on the premises. But I actually thought the two of those were, were a little bit tight in the baton. The um, Epsom form is fine. Two to one, Cliffs of more. Yeah, Jesus, two, two to one and four to one, nine to two, the like, two of them look, look pretty tight to me. That's short. Um,
2: I'd be getting Ulysses.
3: Yeah, I, I can definitely see a case for, for the two of those horses um, from the, the, the Prince of Wales, the Decorated Knight and, and Ulysses. Neither those were particularly suited to be the, the run on the race. It was slowly run. Decorated Knight's a funny horse. He seems to find himself in a lot of these slowly run races, but keeps winning. Um, Ulysses is very good over course and distance here and beating Deauville earlier in the year as well. I thought mm. that race wasn't really run to suit him. Did well to pick him up. There might be more to come. Although one thing about Ulysses, I thought Michael Stout was really negative on him in, in his, you know, these his very brief interviews, two-question <laughs> interviews that he does before races. Um, Agreed. Very sharp. Uh, someone asked him about. He was asked before the Prince of Wales about Ulysses. Yeah. And he nearly wanted to move on to Queen's Trust very, very quickly. You got yeah. the impression that why you, you, Ulysses was half the price, but Queen's Trust nearly ran the better race in away, way, even though she was beaten uh, further because again, race wasn't really run her. But I do think it could be a point to, that he's running Ulysses here rather than Queen's Trust. But I suppose the horse at the minute that I'd be looking at. I just think Barney Ray might be the best horse of these. Um, like, I saw Simon Rowlands put up something quite interesting there. He said he, he did a very good sectional there in uh, Ascot finishing off. And maybe he, he's, he, he could be a bit too fast for 10. But at the minute, visually looking at him, looking at him in the Newmarket market game, looking at him in the St. James's Palace. I'm just going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I think he's just a very good horse. I, I think he's better form than Cliffs of Moher and Eminent. He's only had the, the four runs. I think what we saw in the St James Palace, just the sectional markup and all that kind of stuff, I know people are saying, oh, he's only beaten Chor- the horses that Churchill beat in Newmarket sort of similar distances. Sanctions say actually not. He's beaten them done well and the race hasn't just been run to suit. So I, I, I can see a case that he's the horse with the best form, yet he's twice the price of Cliffs of Moher. And um, he hasn't exactly had a hard season either. Like, I think the decision to miss out on going to the cora could reap benefits now and yeah i'd sort of thought one about him probably isn't too bad but i could definitely see the case for someone back in the second and third from the island real race either
1: okay nessa it sounds like you're going to be taking me on because i'm going to go with decorated night but you sound like you're all over ulysses
2: uh i'm not all over very similar to what uh to what uh tony just said basically that Barney Roy definitely shouldn't be twice the price of Cliffs of because on a form alone, he's already put in better performances than Cliffs of Mower. It's a standard case of who Cliffs of Mower belongs to, I'm pretty sure. Um, so I'd definitely be taking him on. And yeah, Ulysses, simply based on the fact that apparently he worked very well the other day on Saturday.
1: Excellent. Good to hear. Kevin?
2: So, well, that and on top of what Tony said, but I'm not going to repeat that.
1: Dr. Blake? No, no opinion
0: at this stage, but I do have a funny tweet that I can share with everyone. Uh, he, he, Kevin,
3: he, Kevin, that is the tweet of the year. He's it's good, isn't there. it? <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's, he's after giving you their
0: <laughs> I've put up my, my column for the week there about the the, the Dolic Tactical Masterclass in the, in the Irish therapy. And PJ Walsh is, is a friend of myself and Tony's and a, a regular race scorer, I don't know if he was there on Saturday but uh, he, he made the very fair point why should why should one horse owner have to compete against the team when Capri covers a mare at stud will the anvil and Douglas MacArthur be there to help him <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's quality oh, Jesus, it's, uh, oh man <laughs> and on that bombshell hey look the There could be a teaser
0: job There for the anvil You never know Ah they poor old anvil He's punching above His
3: weight there You know
1: Surely he's going to be With Joseph O'Brien Popping hurdles next season Surely that's going to be The the case for him That's good crap Joseph O'Brien's season (laughs) Has suddenly turned around Isn't it amazing How a couple of winners Can change your season yeah. Look, there was nothing especially wrong with no, his season. Um, you could make an argument that he'd
0: underperformed, uh, maybe in the National Hunt sphere more so than the flat. Yeah. Ones.
1: Well, I think it was just because there was so much expectation with those influx yeah, of Colmore yeah. horses, but, and, but a lot of them didn't run, and a lot of them will
0: will be exciting for next exactly season. That's exactly it. Yeah. 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 And Group Two winners aren't easy to get for anyone.
1: Nope. Uh, whose
0: name isn't Aidan <laughs> O'Brien? Yeah. And um, yeah, that's a nice. As we discussed earlier, that horse could well be one to win a Group One later in the season.
1: Yeah, rekindling. Next Wednesday, we are going to record our kind of half-term report um, because I know that Tony has has done extensive work already on the season so far. So the gang's all here again. Tony Keenan, Vanessa Ryle, Kevin Blake, myself, as we go through our highlights of the season so far. Why are you smiling? The
0: way you said it. You know, know, I'll... I'll Give you my thoughts out loud when you said that. All that came into my head was
2: danger, danger.
1: Oh my god! Oh my.
2: Kevin, have you been taking drugs? I genuinely worry about you sometimes.
0: I oh, know you. You might. You, I don't know if you listen to that the podcast Tom Stanley, where, where that
1: came up. Tom Stanley show.
2: I didn't listen to Tom.
1: Ah, you should have listened Tom is going to be back on the podcast soon as well He's great crack, he's good fun. him um, So yeah, we're going to look back on the season so far And uh, our highlights And most importantly Where we think the, the best light. value will be For the rest of the season We'll have a uh, look at the anti-post markets And try and find yeah, we're out get, We're getting close to Galway, you know It's not far away at all It's some, not far away at all Mickey Mouse meeting and, and over I, I'm actually England.
3: surprised you lads weren't invited To the, to the Galway races launch tonight I was invited um, Tony
0: but I never go to those things. Yeah. So I leave the gravy. Well to, what to, the hell?
3: Well, why the hell does a race meeting need a launch anyway?
0: Oh, it's a big thing. put her beside but, a horse, uh, take I'm a few pictures.
3: Like, like uh, I got a rant there from our, my good friend PJ Walsh who tweeted after calling out there. And he, he sent me a bit uh, a minute of a rant there he said like why the hell did they need a launch what is it a rocket or something like, no, one, no, 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 no one has a clue what's running yet um, there's no weights out it's like nothing to do with racing now, I'm sure you are invited Kevin and I'm sure you have no interest in going yet, and it sounds like you're absolutely right but um, yeah anyway.
0: no I, I wouldn't I wouldn't generally turn up with those things. I, like, I don't know why Like, it's to get a bit of press they, they tend to get a model they put all it, do put it put beside a horse with it, with a rug a Galloway Festival rug or but whatever, they all whatever the meeting may be and just try to get on the front page of the papers but
3: one, there's one actually interesting little story about Galway during the week was this thing about the um about the bags yeah, um, like, yeah you know the one about the about the, the security um yeah you're not lo- not allowed to bring a bag in that's over a sort of an A4 size or, or whatever um this is—I I don't know what the story. Vanessa is security checks going into UK race courses. but I know in Ireland, obviously, there's there's absolutely no security checks or anything. But you know, at Gold, with, with this year, they've been they've been dealing with the Garda, and it's got it, it apparently is going to be a thing, and they've said there'll be delays going into the place.
2: At I, um, I Ascot, everyone has to have their bag checked on the way in. But rewinding a few months. Um, it was obviously a quite sensitive time, but and, and it's Aintree, but Aintree, right? We tipped up early because I had to do something. And uh, every car in and every car out was checked, as in you had to get out of your car, really and stand there. Yep, yeah, no word of a lie. Jesus. Whilst the police and a dog went round your car. And every bag checked on the way in.
1: I'm not being funny, but I'm not in the least bit surprised. Jesus. Welcome to the new and normal.
2: Imagine the traffic problems that caused. And at the time, it was a very, like, all that. Like, yeah. The shit had really hit the fan. Well,
1: it still so is it sensitive. Idea. That's the thing, Vanessa. And that, that's the awful truth of it.
2: Yeah. I, watched, I was um... so shocked. I couldn't believe it. We were there at 10 a.m. or whatever time it was. And it was like everyone out, every car, everyone out.
1: I watched a Vice documentary on the effect of terrorism in Europe last night and it's not pleasant watching on a brighter note Kevin Blake has something to plug I know that Tony Keenan has something to plug I've actually just remembered something as well we're nominated for a broadcast digital award this week yeah are, are you going I can't go Ah, neither can I are you going producer D no not going to be who's representing to... us there? Tony are you going no That's will let the ATR boys get the gravy alright so Mike Matthew all the crew, the lads who've got to uh, represent us. Listen, we're up against Sky News, uh, Channel Four, and the BBC. So smash them! Uh, <laughs> smash them! Got it in the bag. What's I, think, I, think, I think. I think. Listen, the lads did fantastic work on the, At the Races website. It is an honour to be uh, nominated. Maybe that's what we should just AGR say.
0: ATR won this last year. They're yeah, is. It. They're yeah. winning it again.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's a uh, yeah. No, it's it's an honour to be nominated and. Cheltenham Festival preview night coverage uh, and the Cheltenham Festival mega site nominated for a broadcast digital award so lads enjoy the celebrations the champagne and all on Wednesday night right you have written what you think is the greatest article ever written by any journalist ever. And I'm even including Marina Hyde in this. All right, Marina, whatever award you think you're going to be up for this season, Kevin Blake is going to win it instead. He's snatching it from your grasp. Because, Kevin Blake, you have written the greatest article ever, and it's on. I'm not going to tell you what it's on. That's
0: a surprise. But I have an article. uh, Tony's read it, actually. It's coming
3: out on Wednesday evening. And it's, very, uh, it's very controversial and um, some people are going to get a shock with the findings, it's, it's very good I have to say, very good <gasps> Is this
1: about Ruby
0: falling again? I tell you, right, if you like that no, article No, it's even better you,
3: than Ruby falling It's even better
0: If you like the Ruby article and you thought that was thorough and the approach to it was good I spent, I'd say, four or five times more hours on this than I did on that and the Ruby Thank article you. took ages It did too. It I've been working on this for over a month Okay. It's ne- this type of study has never been done. It answers a question that has been ongoing in racing for decades and has never been answered sat- in a satisfactory manner. And I think with the Ruby article, I found things that, that surprised people, but I didn't find enough to give, to give a solid conclusion. I found a solid conclusion here. I've answered the question, I think, and it, it'll surprise an awful lot of people. Kevin
1: Blake, I'm, v- I'm very excited about it. Dropping truth that's bombs you. on attheraces.com, I cannot wait for this. I'm very excited. Yeah, I, ha- ha- I haven't you been as
0: jiggy excited. Well, a- that's it. I haven't been as excited and a- and as engaged by by writing an article and and, and researching an article in a since the Ruby
1: Faller at the last one. And that will be available on Kevin Blake's social media page on Wednesday. It sounds like must. Have you read this yet, T? I have. It is actually very very interesting. Okay.
0: Well, she's had to put up with me. Doing that for the last mo- over a month now. <laughs> I'm sorry, she
1: said to what? <laughs> 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 Who just did a <laughs> royalism now? Don't lower the tone. We had to delete something that he said earlier. Who just did a royalism now? Don't lower the tone, oh. Kennedy. Talk serious Shocking. stuff here. Shocking.
3: It's not about his marathon training either, so don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> right, Tony Keenan, what did you want to plug, sir? Okay, so, um, we're trying something new uh, starting this Saturday well we've already sort of trialed it once sort of um, behind closed doors oh, uh, and this thing is called the Punters Forum um, and it's sort of like um, alternative coverage um, betting based coverage on Saturday's racing um, so they can be followed at the Punters Forum on Twitter it's myself and it's uh, Johnny Ward and it's Alan Cawley, a uh, former League of Ireland player from 2FM, basically just being three degenerates in a room on a Saturday, hunting, <laughs> talking about horses. Uh, slagging each other and giving out. We trialed it there um, a couple of weeks ago up in Dublin, and we, we we had great crack. And it's hopefully going to be running over the next few weeks, and we'll see where, when, where we'll take it from there. But I'll definitely tweet it out on Saturday. It'll be available on um, Facebook Live and various things like that. So hopefully, if if you are a bit more interested in the more betting side of things, it, it definitely be worth a listen and. Um, you definitely have a wide array of accents there. You look, know, you know, Monin and you know, look. And, you know, and you know, you'll, 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 you'll probably be able to understand Alan Golly. And we, I think the lads are working on subtitles for myself and Johnny. <laughs> yeah,
0: you're fooling no one. It's Cavan.
1: No, 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 no. We're not having that. Not, I, I finally announced to the world that you're not a Kevin man. The other day, Stop. Tony, I, I announced, announce the world. That sounds got a good crack. Uh, you've been trying this now for the last couple of weeks, haven't you? Yeah,
3: we've 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 trailed it, we've trailed it, and we're just. I suppose it wasn't late because we're getting the the, the lads, we're getting the the camera angles and the sound yeah. and all that sort of rate So hopefully this week we should be off the ground and ready
1: to go. Brilliant, excellent stuff. That's this weekend, and you can check out Tony's social media profile at Racing Trends uh, for all the links to that. Vanessa, anything to plug? Anything come up at the Bloodstock Show?
2: No, I have a working cocker spaniel for sale. 650 <laughs>
1: quid, She's great. That Check could easily about. be manipulated into any kind of innuendo that you yeah. want. Uh, you tweeted a picture of this dog. It, she, he looks Ooh, unbelievably cute.
2: She is the cutest thing since sliced bread and was my favourite from day one. Yeah, oh, stunning. Oh, look
1: stunning at that. little thing.
2: How old Very is she? Cute. She is six weeks, so oh. she'll go in two weeks and her brothers and sisters are all
1: sold. What's her name?
2: She hasn't got a name yet. Owners what, get to do that.
1: What are you calling her? Herpes. Kevin. Cutie Pie. <laughs> Cutie
2: Pie. Cutie <laughs> Pie.
1: <laughs> All right. When are you next on the Bloodsuck Show?
2: Uh, one's coming out this week, actually. Yeah, thanks.
1: Oh, yeah.
2: Right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> right time,
1: God almighty. <laughs> right. How do the people in the editing booth survive with you? That's what I want to know. I mean... They love it. That's 14412D. Apparently,
2: at some point, and it is a bit of Ascot sales and a um, bit of Frankel foliage and a bit of the TBA awards from earlier in the year, which is quite good.
0: Cool. Oh, is that the the London sale?
2: Yeah, we Ah, went there. Uh, Awkwardly, as you'll find out on Wednesday, we uh, went to a stud to see the Frankel filly that was due to sell and the mare and then followed it all the way through the rain to hear that nice sound. And not sold. Uh Ooh,
1: Ooh. Frankel's bombing. Falling through the floor. That happens. Not all all about big sales.
2: Yeah, being the editor and producer and presenter I am, we turned
1: it around, baby. Of course you did. Of course you did. Um, Right, that's it. You're on the Sunday Forum. And Are you also going to be on Sunday afternoon's coverage of ATR? Saturday afternoon, Sunday forum,
0: Sunday afternoon. You're going to be sick of me by the end of the weekend. Busy weekend. If you somehow aren't already, uh, I'm, I'm off. In,
2: what day is you in, Kev? Saturday, Sunday. I'm in Saturday at the moment, Sunday, maybe not. I'm at a party Saturday night. <laughs> and <Sunday. God> <laughs>
1: um, well, if you thought you were going to get Sunday off, now you're not. Um, <laughs> I am off for the first time in a month. This week. Actually. This weekend. So I'll be sitting back and cracking open a few cold ones and watching Kevin Blake's expert coverage and At the Races. From producer D. Good
3: night.
1: From Kevin Blake. Good luck. From Tony Keenan. Good evening. From Vanessa Ryle. See you later. And from me, Image Kennedy. All of us will see you again next week when we record on Wednesday night. Thank you very much for listening. We'll talk to you then. God bless.
2: Have you downloaded the free At the Races app yet? With easy to use race cards and form. Expert daily tips, plus video replays and in-app betting is the app that no racing fan's phone should be without. Available for free on your iPhone or Android mobile, visit attheraces.com forward slash app for more details.